Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flag Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along as we delve once again into the history books. Um, looking back at um, a notable event in history, possibly over one episode, possibly over nine episodes, who knows. Uh, this one, I was just doing a search, Sam, through the tweets that came in. Uh, under the words history box see if there's any suggestions from anyone and this one stood out and it came in from can't find it where's he gone uh, a fella called Dax78 or something like that I forgot oh, I, had it, I had it written down oh no I've got a screen grab of it let's have a look Andrew Dax Hardy Dax78 on Twitter this was about 18 months ago um, and he just said, after devastating cheese news this week, I don't know what the devastating cheese news was, but it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like that. Uh, <laughs> this could be a good suggestion for History Box, and it was a link to this, which is um, the Nottingham Cheese Riot. And I thought, well, two of the things that we love most on this podcast are cheese and riots. And, um, we're, and we're quite partial to Nottingham as well. Well, it's it's our it's our heartland, isn't it? Yeah, it's where we're, our central hub is based. So I thought, why not? Let's give it let's give it a look. Um, so thanks for that, Dax seventy eight. We'll have a look at the Nottingham Cheese Riot, also known it says here on the Wikipedia page, which is our source, as the Great Cheese Riot, and it started on second of October seventeen sixty six at the city's Goose Fair. Now, I've never been to a goose fair. No. But um, I've seen signs for goose fairs around the land. Have you? When I've been on my travels. Yeah, I've seen a few. Um, and I've never been to one, and it's kind of an ambition now. Do, do you have any idea of what goes down? I mean, obviously, we're about to find out what happened at this one, but this one's pretty exceptional. Uh, a standard goose fair. Well, the Nottingham one, I've gone to its its, its own page. It's got its own Wikipedia page. It's an annual travelling funfair held at the Forest Recreation Ground in Nottingham during the first week of October. Largely provided by travelling showmen, it is one of three established fairs in the United Kingdom to carry the name. Um, I've seen more than one, more than three goose fairs. I've seen small goose fairs. I'm sure about it. Uh, I don't know if they would be allowed by the sort of goose authorities to be regarded as official. It's yeah. like it's it's like we always come back to this, but it's like these dodgy 
centers grottos or winter wonderlands like suddenly any tom dick and harry is fucking starting them up do you know what i mean but they're not officially licensed yeah the signs that i've seen seem to have been kind of like a bit uh, rudimentary and hand-painted so they don't feel as though they are you know bells yeah they're they're chances they're chances on the make underground underground goose fairs yeah exactly illegal Illegal goose goose fairs. fairs Oh, I'd love to go to a legal goose. Yeah, I'm not so bothered about the legal ones. So would I, yeah. But um, there we are. Uh, the goose fair still goes on. Um, wow, fucking hell. For 2022, as of March, negotiations were underway to extend the Nottingham Goose Fair's normal five-day duration to ten days. What did the goose... What, what, goose did, is it mainly geese-based? Is it like geese that doing tricks right. and whatnot? It's overseen by geese, I think. Right. And then the showmen come along and do put the fun fair together. Um, it started as a livestock and trade event with reputation for excellent cheese, which is what we're going to talk about. So and let's the, get this straight. You're a travelling fair, yeah, mm. but you mainly, you're, most most of the things are geese. Yeah, yeah, most of the shows are geese. We've got geese magicians, geese trapeze. Yeah. Geese uh, boxing. Geese boxing, Geese in little sort of toy cars. Geese who, mm-hmm. who geese clowns. Um, okay, and what else? Uh, also, the other key thing about this is, which we don't mention in time, but it's almost as important as the geese, is the cheese is exceptional. We, we have yeah. a, a range of exceptional cheeses on offer. Well, this sounds fucking great. It, do the geese make the cheese? Is the cheese made from goose milk? I'd eat it, though. What's wrong with that? Yeah, of course. I was uh, so, when I was in Wales. I was driving along a quiet road, and I saw a sign just saying "Sheepdog Trials Today," and I yeah. fucking tried to throw a Yui because I drove past it, and I just yeah. I saw sort of like "Sheepdog Trials Today." <laughs> it was only me and my wife in the car, <coughs> and I looked in the mirror, and she could see I was going to do a Yui, and she went, "No, don't. It's probably not started yet." It was quite early in the morning, but that's another thing that I'd like to see. Well, I was recently talking to um, my good friend Frankie Francis, who, mm. of course, was the singer in Frankie and the Heartstrings and is involved in yeah. Pop Rex in Sunderland. And a performer at our legendary Christmas show. Exactly, in April. Yeah. And Frankie does the um, the Match Day commentary for Sunderland's yes, um, he does, yeah. TV coverage, in-house TV coverage. And he sometimes does the announcements at the stadium as well. Uh, so we were talking about all things Sunderland. And we were remembering the days when they used to have police dog trials on the pitch at half time. Oh, yeah. No, don't think so. Not that I ever saw. Didn't happen very often. We're talking like early 80s, I think. And yet, you know, the police dogs would come on and they'd run through the slaloms and they'd run up and down podiums and stuff and they would jump through hoops of fire. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. That's nice to see, but in the East End, they wouldn't have had it because those dogs are fucking filth. Yeah. Yeah. It's plug dogs. We won't have them near the stadium. They're all grasses. <laughs> of course. It wasn't. It was, it, was, it, was against, it was against the code. Yeah, of course. But, Sorry, I even brought that, it up. Yeah, that, we did have the hammerettes. <clears throat> None of whom. Did, did the hammerettes jump through hoops of fire? They did, and they were also... They were, none of them... It was guaranteed none of them grasses. That was how yeah. they advertised themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy young ladies in West Ham colours dancing. Guaranteed, no grasses. 
Yeah, good. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> I was telling my son the other day about the worst grass grassing incident ever at West Ham, where right. I might have talked about this, but me, I, I, my mate, whose name's Eden, um, he lives in Australia, and uh, he was back in town uh, over summer to come to a couple of West Ham games. I know him from West Ham. And he had the worst luck at the hands of a grass that I've ever heard, right? He, he, and the grass has never been caught, as far as I know. We went to Millwall West Ham at the Den in about 2003. And it was a, it was a pretty feisty afternoon, as you, as you can imagine. And Dennis Wise, I think, was player manager of Millwall. And every time he came over to take a corner, people were shouting, hurling abuse, and a few missiles were thrown at the pitch. It's Millwall West Ham. Come on. And I mean, Dennis Wise as player manager is the exactly. stick, isn't it? Exactly. 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 It's as if you don't need, you don't really need that. That's gilding the lily. <laughs> it's but too much. you've it's taken arguably villain. the yeah. most combustible fixture in English football, and you've also, and the football gods have thought, fuck it, let's throw Dennis Wise into the mix just to up the ante <laughs> a bit, right? So obviously he's winding up the West Ham, he absolutely fucking loves it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Dennis Wise because he, he was such an unashamed little cunt, wasn't he? Plus, you probably <laughs> like him because he almost sabotaged completely Newcastle United. Anyway. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, so there was things to be in trade pitch, whatever. There was all sorts of mad things that day. Uh, we got away after the game. <laughs> we escaped. And, uh, and it was just a normal day. We just went and had a few beers elsewhere once we were safely out of a bandit country and that was that as far as we knew but a couple of weeks later uh, the next home game at Upton Park and there was a bloke who sat behind me and he was a prick and he's the I don't have evidence that he was the grass but I think it's pretty fucking obvious he was right he was a prick he was the sort of country who was always telling you to sit down if you like stood up in moments of excitement oh, blah I'm blah bored. blah yeah he just didn't I kept thinking have you lost your fucking way on the way to bloody Arsenal or something he was just like he didn't fit in. Anyway, um, he goes, uh, he taps me on the shoulder and he goes, ah, where's your mate this week, right? Talking about my mate. Oh, he's away, he's away working. Ah, well, probably for the best. You've seen them posters up everywhere, right? I, I, so I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, ha ha, and he was loving it, this kind. He goes, go and have a look, go and have a look down by the bar. There's police posters up with your mate on. So I go down, what? right, and they've got like, They've got the Metropolitan Police have put posters up all over Upton Park, right? With CCTV footage and people they claimed caused aggro at Melbourne West Town, right? And there's about five faces where you think, yeah, they look like troublemakers. And they were snarling and throwing things. And then the sixth (laughs) face was my mate Eden, right? Who I'd stood with for the whole game at the den. I'd been with him. So I'm thinking, well, if he'd caused trouble, I would have fucking noticed. I mean, you know, we were all shouting and being dickheads, but there was no... He he hadn't organised some sort of, like, you know, row in the woods where you have to wear... You know, like gun shields, like you see on those Eastern European videos where the Polish or the Russians, yeah. they meet in woods and they all put on, like, gun shields, don't yeah. they? I mean, it was, hardly, it was hardly that level, right? Anyway, I thought, fucking hell. But in the picture, it did look like he was a hooligan uh, and had been throwing a missile. What it was, was when Dennis Wise had walked over and antagonised us all, I, he'd thrown, like, a plastic bottle top 
that I don't even think had reached the pitch. But <laughs> unfortunately for him and for us, I mean, you know, there, but for the grace of God, it could have been me. We didn't know, but you know, when you go into an away game, sometimes no one sticks to their seats, they just stand wherever, right? Especially a game like that, people just standing wherever. Uh, we didn't know, but we were standing with a bunch of well-known troublemakers who the police were monitoring that day, right? Right. They didn't didn't give us any trouble. They were as good as gold. They just seemed like a nice bunch of lads. But as it turned out, they were naughty, right? As yeah. Danny Dyer might say. And because we were standing near them, and because Eden had thrown in frustration a plastic bottle top <laughs> in the direction of the pitch, he yeah. had been photographed alongside of them and considered by the police to be one of the this hooligan outfit, well, right? Like the ten most wanted. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> and this cunt behind me, ah, you see it, you see your mate. And the fucking poster was a grass poster, right? Because it said, if you know any of these people, call this number anonymously. And I'm like, yeah, well, that poster won't do any good, is it? As if anyone's going to fucking grass. Do you know what I mean? Whoever these people are. I thought it was yeah. fucking weird moved by the old bill. Anyway, I did tell Eden, I said, look, <laughs> I don't want to alarm you. <laughs> the posters are all you over might, us. You might want to sit down for a yeah. minute. <laughs> you're basically like on police posters all over us. <laughs> and you're being accused of being one of the main organisers of the trouble at Millwall West Ham. And he's like, well, I was with you the whole time. And I was like, well, I'm happy to, you know, stand up in court and say that. But I don't know, the police seem to have made their mind up. It's some kind of kangaroo court. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but it gets funnier than that. Right. Because at the time he was seeing this uh, Australian woman and she was unusually for an Australian woman, she was a, a little hoity-toity when it came to his football pals. She didn't understand football culture. She'd come over from Australia and she assumed she, that all football fans were hooligans. That was the impression mm. she had, having come from a non-football-centric country. And in those days, we did used to go to away games and, and get drunk and all the rest of it. And she used to be like, I don't want you hanging around with these guys. They're trouble. They're troublemakers. They're hooligans. I don't like hooligans. And we, you've got to settle down. And we're thinking about having a kid soon. And this is not the kind of world I want to raise my kid in. And they'd be like, oh, all, this drinking and car- all this drinking and carousing is not good for your sperm. Yeah, exactly. Need. She was like, he was like, no, it's not like that. We just go to the football and have a laugh. That's it. No, I don't like it, you hooligans. So we've been trying to convince for ages. It's bollocks. One morning... Right, he's lying in bed with her. Morning, it was like a scene from Goodfellas, or the it was like a scene from the Sweeney. There was a knock at the door, bang, bang, bang. This is like five a.m. Before yeah. he could get his fucking trousers, his slippers on, right, the door has come in. There is fucking old hell. and they have smashed the door in with a fucking battering ram. Yeah, and Shit. they have all come in showing their badges. Metropolitan Police, freeze! And they have. I'm not joking, his missus, who was this hoity-toity Aussie, she was like, literally like in the Sweeney, pulling the duvet up over herself, going, yeah. ah, screaming her head off. They're giving it the old, calm down, sweetheart. Right? They put, put your knickers on. Put your knickers on and put the fucking kettle on. Right? <laughs> We're the hooligan squad and we ain't had our breakfast. Right? <laughs> they put, Honestly, they turned his flat upside down. Right? No way. He goes, what the fuck are you looking for? They were looking for calling cards and all this bollocks. This guy, do you know what he did for a living? Not that that should make a difference, but he made adverts. He was an advert director, right? 
Um, right. He, you know, not that that means that he couldn't also be a part well, we've of the we've, we've all seen the firm with Gary Oldman. He yeah. was in the state. He was in the state agent, so just goes yeah. to the show. But I mean, these police, do you know what? It represents how thick the police are. I think the police watch those films and that's where they get their fucking ideas from, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable how stupid these police are. They fucking smashed his flat up. They nicked him. You can imagine her. She'd been going on for months that she thought we were all football hooligans. Next thing, her house is being raided by these fucking police, right? So he's been grasped by this cunt next to him. Gets worse than this, right? Jalapeño. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. So he's up in court with all these like seasoned hooligans, right? And he's obviously saying to them, lads, look, get me off the hook here. Like, and they said, no, look, we're all pleading not guilty. So how are we going to fucking turn around and go, look, we're trial. not guilty, but he's even less guilty because we don't even know him, right? So fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, the place got hold of it, right? They found out who, like, they looked into his background they found out that he made adverts and then they looked up, you'll like this, what his most recent <laughs> advert was. And it was for Sugar Puffs, right? Starring the Honey Monster, right? So the, the Sunday Telegraph ran a whole picture going, the return of middle-class football hooliganism, right? And, uh, I mean, as it happens, he, he, you know, I mean, he was middle-class in terms of his career, but he wasn't by background sort of thing. And he... Um, and the, the headline was they ran a full page of him, poor bastard, with a picture of him and the CCTV picture. They didn't focus on any of the others because they thought he was the story. And the headline was the money monster, right? Fuck because that. they said he was throwing coins. He wasn't. He threw a fucking plastic bottle top, but whatever. Uh, the money monster, Sugar Puffs ad man in Millwall, West Ham, terror rampage. No right? way. Yeah, right? Shit. He goes to fucking court. He's looking at a custodial, right? Thank God, due to character references and, and he didn't have a record or anything like that, he gets off with community service, right? But right. but he's banned from any football match, not just West Ham, right? England, anything. For five years, he can't be within a five-mile radius or something. Like I can't remember what the radius was, but a huge radius of a football stadium on match day, right? Is this one of them things where he's got to hand his passport in when England play away or something like that? He came back into... He, that did happen, yeah, that's correct. And what happened was, right, his missus has turned around to him 
Everyone else is really sympathetic and thinks, poor bloke, he never did anything wrong. It could have been any of us. He's been grassed up by one of his own. Oh, one of his own. Right? This is a breach of the most sacred code of them all. Right? Self-grassing. <laughs> We've never grassed our own until now. And that is why we had to leave Upton Park. People think it was a business deal, but actually it was the uh, elders, the Cockney elders got together and said, basically, we have to shut the club down for good. Um, we've got a grass in our midst. We've got a grass in our midst. We've down. just got to move and set fire to Upton Park. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, she said to him, everyone else sympathetic, but his missus wasn't, right? And not long after, it was my stag in New York, right? And he was obviously invited and uh, we all went out and but she had sort of we were on the plane and I saw her walking along and I thought what the fuck is Eden's wife doing on this plane we're all on there lads 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 on the fucking jumbo jet to New York I walked up the aisle I've gone to my brother what's Eden's missus doing on this plane oh yeah I was going to tell you but she basically banned him from coming because she doesn't want him hanging around with his West Ham mates anymore and in the end, the only way that she would let him come is if she came too. I said, he can't fucking what? invite his wife on my stag. Oh, no, no, but she's visiting a mate out in New York. She checked into the same hotel as us, mate. Oh, God. She's fucking mad. Anyway, Ruined. after that, she said to him, listen, I'm not happy with the way you're living your life. If you want to, I think they were married, actually. If you want to, I'm leaving you. And I'm going back to Australia. I'm pregnant. And uh, actually, I don't know if that's true. But she basically made him go back to go and live in Australia. And like, you know, right. football was a large part of his life. Mm. Um, actually, I must say, I'm probably being unfair to her. I've suddenly realised I've named him and sh- this might be completely unfair. This was our perception at the time, right? Right. Our perception at the time was that he moved to Australia because he couldn't go to football here anymore anyway, right? He, he was banned. Yeah. He, he's you social- might as well go and live in- It's a good reason to go and live in Australia. So actually, I've no idea whether it was her insisting. I better be careful here. But what we do know is that he was so gutted and his life had been so ruined by this fucking incident, right? Which was completely fictitious that he's moved to Australia. He still lives there today. He came back a couple of weeks ago for his first couple of West Ham games in ages, right? In years, over a decade. And one time he did have to fly back from Australia to Europe to do a job for working. um, And it happened to coincide with the Euros or the World Cup being on in Europe. I think it was the Euros. And he was apprehended when he got off the plane. And he was flying back from Australia to do a job in London. I think it was London. It might have even been another European country. And the old Bill were waiting for him because it flashed up that he booked a flight to Europe during an international tournament. He he didn't fucking give a shit. He wasn't bothered about watching England either way. Fucking hell. And that all started with a plastic bottle top being thrown. Can you believe it? How stupid the police were. Don't do anything. At a football match other than sit on your hands I think because fucking, your life could unravel if you can't throw a <clears> fucking <throat> plastic bottle top at Millwall West Ham then where can <laughs> you do it do you know what I mean well yeah I guess so I mean I feel if for the really kids I feel for the kids um, I was listening to my brother's life goals podcast this morning his guest is Andy Burnham who I think's a great bloke 
and it's really yeah. good. He's a good Everton fan. And what I really liked about him is, you know, all these fucking politicians, they shit themselves so much about anything they've ever done in their life that might be even remotely out of line, right? Yeah. And then they, they hide or they lie about their past. <clears throat> he's just fucking talking about it. And he's talking about the semi-final between Everton and I can't remember who at Highbury in 1984, right? And he's gone, yeah, I went down there. I was 14. It was the first game I'd ever been to without my dad. I was wearing my Adidas Gazelles, my Tachini, all of this gear. He went, I look like Barry, what's his name, from Brookside. He goes, and <laughs> when they scored, the, when Adrian Heath scored the winner, he went, oh, I'm not joking. We all just, he went, uh, it's not right, admittedly, but we all just saw the pitch. Yeah, I was on the pitch. <laughs> it was a right laugh. <laughs> and then he's just laughing, going, yeah, don't do it, kids. You know, you shouldn't really do it, but wow, what a day. It was really good fun. I think you can see me on Match of the Day and all of this. And I thought, yeah, good one. You've yeah, got my vote. There, there's a difference, I think, between the 80s pitch invasions and modern ones. They were more innocent back then. They were, yeah. There was, there was that time when Brian Clough punched a fan and that was the yeah. only kind of violence that you ever saw betwixt fans and, and players. You know, nobody went after the referee or anything like that. Mm. It was always joyous pitch celebration. The headline was... The headline was... The headline was shit hits fan, wasn't it, when Brian Clark yeah. hit that fan? <laughs> yeah. Apart from the few riots that there were, but you could always ascertain what was a riot and what was good-natured. But remember the last season when they were all doing pitch invasions and players were getting clumped? Yeah, every, yeah, every that, that's not on, that's not on. Well, cocaine at football wasn't such a big deal back that's then. The thing. Because, that's the thing. Because back yeah. then, cocaine was big in the 80s, but it wasn't. they weren't doing it at the football. It was a posh drug for yuppies, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And now everyone's on fucking gear, jumping on the pitch and trying to whack a player, fuck's sake. <laughs> it's gone too far. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, speaking of riots, there's, there's not enough cheese riot. There's a cheese riot to be discussed here. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the goose fair. The riot came at a time of food shortages and rising prices in England. Oh, so maybe there's a parallel there with, with the modern day. Um Maybe we'll see cheese riots in this country soon. Who knows? I'm not tra- I'm not advocating them. I don't know but- what's going on with cheese prices, but I think like everything, they're on the rise. Yeah. Um, I might just start making my own cheese. I wouldn't know where to start. Well, I'll have to. I'll, first, I'll milk Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be yeah. the first stop. Cat cheese. Then I'll get I'll get some cat milk out of him. I'll put that in a Tupperware <laughs> box. Uh, mm. Chuck in some salt and any other flavours. Some people like a bit of dried cranberry or fruit in their cheese, don't they? Could do mm. the experiment. And then I think you just leave it in a in a dank, a dank, darkened room for a couple of months. Do you have to make it into curds and whey and separate the curds from the oh, whey? Oh, yeah, I might need some muslin <clears throat> cloth. Yeah. So I'll have to source some of that. Just use a handkerchief. Yeah, something. Yeah, I got some hang. I got some J cloths. I got some J cloths. Yeah, you got some new ones actually that I brought back from Wales. Got a whole fresh pack. Is the um, a corner of the Vita modular? You could you could darken maybe. Yeah, cut it it off or something like that. Leave it in a box. Yeah, because it's warm in there, isn't it? I think it needs to be a warm environment. Yeah, yeah, it's very warm. Uh, It's a good. It's a good. um, The Vita modular is probably quite a good space for cultivating mould. Um, we shall find it. Find out as autumn like unfolds. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if it's worth making your own cheese. Do you think it well, is? Well, that's what I was saying. We might have to. If not, we're going to be seeing more cheese riots going on up and down the land. 
Liz Trust. What's in your in-tray, Liz Trust? That's what it'll say in the paper I did. Liz Trust Liz Trust's in-tray. Well, fucking first up, what are we doing about... If I was a civil servant, I'd be like, first up, you've got to get the cheese situation sorted out because there are riots brewing all across England. <laughs> Don't worry about the Welsh, Scottish and Irish. They've got their fucking cheese under control. It's the fucking English saw, you want to worry about. I saw a thing the other day. There was uh, someone linked to this piece which said, brace yourself for the £20 pint. <laughs> and then I think right at the end right at the end of the episode, at the episode, end of the, the piece, it says something like, there's probably no chance of there being a £20 pint, but, you know. Almost all news go. is like that got now, your attention it? for there's a, a There's a headline... <clears throat> Hmm. Massive it's, tits on their way yeah. to your workplace. Well, Whoa, the, I'll read that at the end of the article. Experts have said that it's extremely unlikely that most workplaces yeah. will have big tits anytime soon, apart from the ones that are already there. The key word is always may, isn't it? Yeah. Massive tits may be in your workplace soon. And then, of course, it turns out that no, they're not. <laughs> but, um, what Cop- was it? There was this thing recently about Jarlsberg cheese. From Norway, yeah, nice cheese. Which, that. Uh, it's very nice cheese, mm. yeah. And um, it was something about it would reduce diabetes or something like that. <laughs> uh, and then at the end of the piece, it turned out that the uh, it was unlikely to reduce diabetes, and that the study itself had been commissioned by Jarlsberg. All of these fucking things, <laughs> are, you dig, you dig into these fucking studies, and they've all been commissioned by the foodstuff or entity. That it's yeah. fucking promoting, obviously. And the study's always from some fucking disreputable, like, US sort of pseudo-university who have just yeah. agreed to come up with whatever results you require in order to assemble your press release, right? And yeah. the thing is, newspapers, news organisations used to have dedicated and experienced health and science editors who were fucking experts in their field and knew mm. a bit about how to decipher credible research from bullshit PR, right? Now, no one has... There are no specialist editors on newspapers anymore. Do you know what I mean? So it'll be some fucking... farmers. Yeah, there'll be some fucking kid who's been there five minutes. He gets a press release emailed through going, oh, Jarlsberg will cure diabetes. And they go, oh, that's good. And they just write it up and stick it out, right? They don't care as long as the headline's right. Ben Goldacre wrote that brilliant book and column uh, years ago now called Bad Science it's yeah. still worth reading because what it does is it's he's a funny writer and it's light but it sort of teaches you how to fucking understand any of these fucking bullshit science and health stories in the in the newspaper and yeah. decipher really quickly which ones are bullshit and which ones are credible but 90% of them like you say are just fucking <clears throat> bullshit they should teach that at school they should teach media savviness or yeah. whatever you want to call it yeah, I think, little 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 I, think they, I think they do a little do bit. I think I think they do a little bit. I know my my daughter's done a bit of like stuff where they give you two news stories and you know get you to analyse yeah. the different ways in which the same facts have been spun to mm. come to a different conclusion. Um, Good, but uh, but I tell you when I nearly write it. The closest I've ever come to writing over cheese was when they fucking Sainsbury's discontinued that Mull of Kintyre mature yeah, cheddar. Yeah, both. both. We had the opportunity to buy the farm, I think, didn't we, where they were making it? We were close to it. Unprofitable. We were close to it. It would have been a a loss-making exercise, but we were quite close to seeing it. It would have been a lost leader because it would have helped promote the podcast. 
course. The football podcast, yeah. Yeah. These yeah. are the first footballing podcasts. The headline would have been, <laughs> get ready. These podcasters are about to go into the cheese business and they have no regrets. And it's me and you standing in the foreground, arms folded, looking really sort of almost aggressive and the cheese farm behind us. <laughs> now podcasters are into cheese farming. <laughs> Whatever next. Yeah, front cover of Wired magazine. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so... Uh, violence broke out when local citizens intervened to prevent Lincolnshire merchants taking away Nottingham cheeses they'd bought at the fair. So the Lincolnshire Nottinghamshire uh, showdown. A warehouse, mm. shops and a cargo boat were looted. Hundreds of cheese wheels were rolled through the streets. Whoa. Lower cheese wheel. The army was deployed when the mayor was unable to restore control. <laughs> Send for the army! One man was killed and others wounded as soldiers opened fire on the crowds. Fuck's Order sake. was eventually restored after some days of unrest. And that is where we will end the episode because we'll examine all those things next time when we do eventually get round to looking at the Nottingham Cheese Riot. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.